0: Welcome, everybody, to our Advent prayer journey. The word Advent comes from a Latin word which was originally translated from a Greek word, parousia, which referred to the coming of Christ in the flesh as well as his second coming. Advent has been a part of the church calendar since the early days of the church. It is a tool that helps us prepare our hearts for the coming of Christ. So, as we enter prayer now, take a moment to pause, take a breath. And refocus your scattered thoughts on the presence of Jesus. As you breathe, remember that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not some impersonal life force or power, but a companion for life who walks with you every day. Rather than praying what you think that you should pray about, pray from an honest place. Pray as if your best friend were sitting right next to you with a listening ear. Today, we are reading my very favorite psalm, actually my second favorite behind Psalm chapter 23. Uh, This is Psalm chapter 97. This is verses 1 through 7. It says this, The Lord is king. Let the earth rejoice. Let the furthest coastlands be glad. Dark clouds surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire spreads ahead of him and burns up all his foes. His lightning flashes out across the world. The earth sees and trembles the mountains melt like wax before the lord before the lord of all the earth the heavens proclaim his righteousness every nation sees his glory those who worship idols are disgraced all who brag about their worthless gods for every god must bow to him the lord is king this is an incredibly comforting thought and this thought from this particular passage has comforted me Many a days. It's an incredibly comforting thought because as much as we love the idea that we are kings or queens of our own world, what a relief that we aren't. Am I right? Thank God, because I'm not suited to carry that level of responsibility or weight. The king or queen carries the honor of their position, but they also carry the weight. We love the idea of carrying that honor. I love dreaming about the adoration that people would give me as they see me being a success. I can almost hear them chanting, you're amazing, what an incredible person you are. But the problem is if we're in charge, we aren't just responsible for our successes, we are on the line and carrying the weight of our failure as well. And that's something I'm not interested in because so much of my life is out of my control. I can't control what happens in the world. I can't control the decisions of the people. I can't control the economy. The amount of tension and strain that it would put on me trying to manage and carry the weight of my own life, considering all the things I can't control, would be enormous. What if God could be king though? I mean, think about it. What What if he's really truly in control and he wants what's best for me and he's the God who truly loves me? If that's true, then there's never a moment that I need to worry. Are there burdens that you're carrying that you shouldn't be? I mean, the difference between joy and stress is the difference between you carrying the weight of your life and God carrying the weight of your life. Pray, Lord, you are king. Today, I give you control and I rejoice in the fact that you are in charge. Hundreds of years before the coming of Christ, there were prophecies about his life. We're going to read this passage together today. And as we do, we will understand more fully who he is. And at some point in this process, probably in the next few days, we're going to begin to turn away from the prophecies about Jesus and actually look at the New Testament passages about the coming of Christ and really understand who he is. Okay, so this is Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 14 through 17. The days are coming, declares the Lord when I will fulfill the good promise that I made to the people of Israel and Judah, in those days, at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called. The Lord, our righteous savior, for this is what the Lord says, David will never fail to have a man sit on the throne of Israel. So many of the prophecies of Christ were written around the time of exile. The kingdom of Israel was split in two and the southern kingdom was called Judah, which was where Jerusalem was. And they were taken into exile by the Babylonians. They were in exile for 70 years while the Babylonians destroyed their homeland in the temple. Prophecies like this one gave... Uh, the Jews a hope of a life returned to home and after 70 years they returned home but they returned home only to find their land in ruin so they rebuilt their homeland they got to rebuilding the walls of the city but there were stories about these guys rebuilding these walls with one hand and, and holding swords in the other hand while they, fi- they would fight off attackers. So they went on for for a while in their homeland, rebuilding the cities and rebuilding the walls, but a short time later, Israel was again overthrown by an outside nation. They were overthrown by Alexander the Great and the Greeks, but they were allowed to stay in their homeland. But this is when uh, what's called Hellenization began. Alexander the Great forced his conquered people to assimilate to Greek culture, and so Greek temples were built in Jewish cities. Jewish people were forced to speak Greek, and so this is why the New Testament was written in Greek and not in Hebrew. But then, after the Greeks, another nation came and took them over, and that's the nation of Rome, and this happened about 60 years before the coming of Christ. And so imagine, nation after nation after nation taking over and bullying the nation of Israel. And so when these prophecies came, they were were telling of a person that would come and establish a throne. So Christ was this hope that Israel was waiting for. He would be the leader whose throne was established forever. One greater than Alexander the Great, greater than Babylon, greater than the Greeks. That's a big claim though, right? I mean, a baby born in Bethlehem would have a kingdom that would outlast the greatest empire builders of all time. Yet here we are, 2,000 years later, and Christ's kingdom still reigns. And the empires of Rome, Greece, and Babylon are distant memories. Lord, today, help me to remember and recognize the strength of your reign. Help me to see the kings and rulers of this world and the problems of my life as inferior to you. You rule, you reign. Let's return again to our passage. And this time, I want you to listen for the natural inflections that you hear. Are there certain words or phrases that jump out to you? And what might God be saying to you by highlighting those phrases? Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 14 to 17. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I have made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called the Lord, our righteous savior. For this is what the Lord says, David will never fail to have a man sit on the throne of Israel. The one word that sticks out to me today is the word Savior. A Savior is one who saves, and they save someone from danger or destruction. Christ is our Savior. Now, we Christians say that a lot, but we almost forget what a powerful word that is. Christ is the one who saves us from danger and destruction that we cannot save ourselves from. Sin and death is a greater power than Rome. Alexander the Great established an empire that was two million square miles. It was the greatest empire in the ancient world. And even so, his empire is dwarfed in comparison to the empire that sin claims. Sin is the emperor of all humanity and of all history. It is the ruler that can't be stopped, whose kingdom is advancing at an alarming rate. But Christ, the savior of the world, delivered humanity from the hands of the most evil emperor of all time. Christ saved us. And what an incredible and powerful savior Christ is. Pray this prayer. Lord, today, rescue me again from the hands of my sin. Deliver me. I renounce my sin and repent of it. I want you to be my ruler. Reign over my life. Amen.